Truth Espresso, episode 107. Um, I think it's 108. No, I'm I'm quite certain it's 107. Remember, last week was 107. I don't think so. You might want to check the website. You think I'm that out of it? Look, all I'm suggesting is you check the website. Then we'll know for sure. <sighs> all right. Okay, yeah, it's 108. I I knew it all along. I was just seeing if you were paying attention. Typical male ego. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. (sighs) That's why God gave us espresso, to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. (laughs) And now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves... This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Hi, Truth Espresso fans. This is Chelsea Minnick, guest hosting for now. And we are going to talk about... Sweetheart, what are you doing? Uh, I'm starting the episode. And why would you do a thing like that? Because you weren't ready. And just what gave you that impression? You were busy looking at your phone. Maybe I was glancing at my notes. Ever think of that? I would hardly describe the way your face was glued to your phone like that as glancing. Well, maybe you need to get your eyes checked, dear. (laughs) Are you saying I'm blind? If the shoe fits. I guess your blind wife wouldn't be finding a shoe to fit, now would she? We're not exactly off to a good start with this episode, are we, sweetheart? Well, whose fault is that? I don't know. A certain someone decided to take matters into her own hands. Well, you didn't have to yell about it. I didn't yell! You just did. Look... Are you ready to do this episode or not? I'll be ready when you can call me sweetheart and mean it. I always mean it. Could have fooled me. I'm waiting for your apology. My apology? You started this mess. Okay, well, that's what we should title this episode. One big mess. I think we're done here. Well, I guess we could finally agree on something. Otherwise, you never agree on anything. I always agree with you. You just disagreed with me. I did not. Yes, you did. Well, hello there, Truth Espresso fans. This is Daniel Minnick, and don't worry, this episode is not just one big mess. I hope you enjoyed our little skit there for the introduction, because this episode is about conflict resolution. And so, to just set the background for what this episode was going to be about, we decided to have a little skit there about conflict to show some examples of conflicts and then to give some tips about how to resolve a conflict. And um, here to discuss uh, conflict resolution is my sweet, and I really do mean that, (laughs) my sweet wife, Chelsea. And so, sweetheart, welcome back to Truth Espresso. (laughs) Thanks. Although I think that was kind of a harsh beginning. (laughs) Yeah, just, just so everyone knows, we were not angry at each other in any way we i scripted that out and we acted it out just to show an example of a conflict (laughs) 
So what are some good tips that we can share with our listeners today about resolving conflicts, especially in marriage? Yes, and definitely with society today, marriage is a big epicenter of conflict. And conflict definitely involves a lot of negativity. There's a lot of um, negative energy thrown between two parties, and sometimes they might introduce other parties into that equation. And, and as conflict is an event based entirely on negativity, let's talk about what not to do when it comes to conflicts. As we're focused on conflict resolution, if a conflict ever comes up in marriage, what are some things that we could uh, try to avoid? What are some things that we should not do? Yes, sometimes you can't avoid a conflict in marriage, but a conflict does not necessarily have to be a huge endeavor in negativity with hurling insults and <laughs> a big old fight between two people who otherwise are supposed to love each other. So what not to do when it comes to a conflict in marriage? And I have a list of four things that we should never do when it comes to a conflict so that a conflict in marriage can be resolved appropriately in the most civil fashion, the most God-honoring way, and the most marriage-devoted fashion. <laughs> and number one on what never to do never cut down. I know that if there is a huge disagreement in ideas, trying to win a conflict, uh, often there is the temptation to win by hook or by crook, and this is by hurling insults, ad hominems, uh, otherwise cutting down your spouse who has now possibly become your opponent in the conflict. And so, you know, as a married couple, first of all, we should not think of our spouse as an opponent. And so, if we think about that, we can strive not to cut each other down. Let's avoid the insults and the ad hominems. There might be that temptation, but if you're going to have something like that, something very negative, which doesn't help in solving the issue at hand, just throwing insults, that's a very unloving thing to do between two people who said, I do, in the marriage vows. And so if you feel that coming on, bite your tongue if you have to. <laughs> what do you think, sweetheart? Yes, I agree that this is a great point to talk about in conflict resolution is never cutting down your spouse. I think the Bible tells us that we're supposed to build each other up, encourage each other. So this would actually be going against what God's word says. And I remember, I'm not sure if I read it in a book or heard it somewhere, but I remember that it was recommended if there is a conflict between you and your spouse that you should never start with your sentence saying you yeah. are or you do because that's very accusatory. And I think that just sets the tone for the negativity and putting that other person on defense right away. So like you said, kind of making your spouse that opponent. Yes. 
So if you aren't being accusatory or cutting them down by saying you are whatever, fill in the blank. Um, I think that kind of prevents having that potential for um, negativity and cutting your spouse down. I think that Colossians 3.19 where it says, Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. And just kind of thinking of the word bitter, like, that you don't want to have that bitter taste, that negativity like you mentioned, and that insult there. That's something that just doesn't sit right with you and in your marriage. So getting rid of that bitterness between the two of you and only speaking words that are, again, comforting or building each other up, even in the midst of conflict. And I know you mentioned like conflicts can sometimes be unavoidable, we're fallen, sinful people. There yeah. is going to be conflict. And for people potentially going to get married or people that are newlyweds and you think that you'll never fight, <laughs> that is a... A dream, uh, <laughs> a fairy tale, a fantasy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not a reality. It's not a healthy perspective of your relationship because you've got two sinners that are coming together. There's going to be conflict mm -hmm. and that's fine. Conflict actually can help you draw closer together. And I know it's kind of a weird thing to say, but <laughs> I kind of like it when we don't agree on something oh, yeah. and we talk it out because yeah. I'm learning more. You're learning more. We're learning how to communicate. We're drawing closer together. And it takes a lot of work to be able to have those differences and still be respectful of each other. But I think it comes easier when you always think that it's because I love this person that I am going to respect them and I want to learn what they say and learn what their viewpoint is. And I think it's something like that can be beautiful if it's handled appropriately. Definitely. Great thoughts, dear sweetheart. And I don't have any conflict with that. <laughs> you better um, not. <laughs> wait, wait, you brought up the first verse? I can't believe you did <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And to think about this with not cutting down, um, just a thought that I had. Think of other relationships that you have that you might restrain yourself from cutting someone else down with which you might have a conflict. For instance, if you uh, work a job and you have a boss and you know that <laughs> cutting down your boss might cost your job you know you might have a disagreement with your boss but if you value your job you think about it that you might try to be more tactful try to present your disagreement in a very tacit way but yeah because you know that your boss has a certain power over you and therefore any temptation that you might have to cut down your boss or insult your boss you know that it's not in your best interest to do that because you could find yourself looking for another job and so there's an example of a relationship where typically people try to solve a conflict without cutting the other down now that's an example to show that it can be done but then to show wait how much more 
should we think this way when it comes to marriage? Like, we shouldn't just hold our tongue because someone higher up or someone who has power over us could do something to us if we throw insults. Marriage is a partnership. It's a team, as we've mentioned before. And so, yeah, both of you are equal in God's eyes. And with that being said, out of love, if you're going to resolve a conflict with your spouse, don't overpower your spouse by hurling insults. (laughs) If you won't do that to your boss for the sake of your job, how much more should you not do that with your spouse for the sake of love? (laughs) And I have some verses, of course, there are a lot of good verses, especially in the Proverbs, talking about what you say and your tongue, but Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. So this is definitely good advice from the wisdom of Solomon here. The first step for making sure that you can solve a conflict in the best way possible is never to cut down. And so the wise advice is that a soft answer prevents wrath from happening. If you want to put wrath upon wrath, hurl those insults, but that's not going to accomplish anything beneficial to you or your spouse when it comes to solving a conflict. Do the soft answer because the grievous words stir up anger. And the last thing you want to resolve a conflict is a lot of anger going back and forth. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It sounds like (laughs) we sometimes don't realize just how powerful our words can be. Insulting, you know, sticks and stones may break her bones, but words can never hurt me, as the saying goes. But I don't think that's entirely true, of course, because you can heal from a physical wound, but oftentimes (laughs) a wrong word at the wrong time you know, years, decades ago can still be a festering wound in the heart of of someone. And so especially thinking about if you want to maintain a healthy marriage, which involves conflict resolution, be very careful with your tongue. Realize just how powerful negative words are, grievous words, and start by never cutting down your spouse. Now, if you're someone who's been prone to doing that, and you're hearing this and you realize you want to commit to stopping that. If you don't think about it and you let something slip and then you realize it, don't weaponize it. Don't <laughs> don't use it to your advantage. Realize that what you just said was hurtful and immediately apologize for it and tell your spouse, I do not want to do that again. <laughs> Please help me with this. I don't like doing this. I'm sorry that that slipped out. I don't mean that. And I'm trying never to do that again. And don't build on it. Work on not cutting down. Pledge not to do it, and if you slip up, apologize. That will go a long way 
and just kind of reflecting on our little skit earlier, (laughs) (laughs) just a couple of things that we mentioned in that argument scenario that would be considered like cutting down is when, you know, I make the comment, typical male ego. Yes. That can be cutting down my husband. That's not building him up. That's saying something negative. Overgeneralizations. Yeah. (laughs) And also looking at, um, oh, when you're trying to say that I need to get my eyes checked. So, and you know, I respond, (laughs) are you saying I'm blind? So you had quite a few jabs. (laughs) (laughs) I have an imagination there. (laughs) And, um, if the shoe fits, like (laughs) things like that. I mean, sometimes it's hard to think in the moment, like, oh, that was a jab or that was a negative thought. But I mean, since we have a script, we can look back at it and say, oh, that was not nice or (laughs) this was negative. But just kind of trying to keep in tune with what you're saying and how you're saying it. And I really liked how you said if you do make the mistake of saying something, just having that humility to apologize and say, oh my goodness, I didn't mean to say that. And I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? And just recognizing it, working on it. Yeah. So, yeah. So the point being, if if you're just listening to this and you've been someone who cuts down or insults your spouse, now is the time to stop. And I'm not saying you can immediately never cut down again. You know, if you're so used to it, something might come up and you might slip out. But so the point there is you're trying to avoid that. And if it does slip out, don't use it apologize for it (laughs) yeah and 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 try to avoid things like you always or you never those overgeneralization things because even though overgeneralizations can easily be interpreted as well yeah that's intended to be an exaggeration it's still insulting and cutting down because (laughs) your spouse is always going to be thinking of exceptions to that overgeneralization and so yes as you mentioned sweetheart it puts your spouse on the defensive there and to resolve a conflict you don't want your spouse on defensive because then things just get more heated from there and I think that your uh, last point there kind of seems to tie in with our next point. Oh, yes. Number two. Okay. Uh, never weaponize weaknesses and basically not bringing up past events. Mm-hmm. So when you, like in our mock situation again, when you said, like, you never agree with me. Oh, yes. Um, just avoiding bringing up things that you may have resolved in the past and apologize for you don't want to resurface those again and sometimes it will be like years ago that something happened and you bring it up again and that is not what the bible tells us to do when we're handling conflict and i think you had a few points with that as well in the bible verse yeah because it's almost like I guess I didn't have the verse listed, but it's as far as the east is from the west, so have I. (laughs) What, am I blind or something? (laughs) I did have it listed. Somehow, yeah, I did not notice that it was there. Psalm 103, verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. So just what exactly does that have to do with this point? 
Well, we are created in the image of God, and we should reflect the justice and mercy and grace of God. And as God removes, as he is forgiven sins, he removes them as far as the east is from the west. So basically, it's once something has been forgiven and it's in the past, God would not bring it up again. And so that ideal there should be something that we as a couple should should strive for and bringing up past events to weaponize them against your spouse does not reflect the way God treats our past sins that we've been forgiven. So, for example, like, oh, you want to talk about X? Well, you know, 10 years ago, remember when you did this and you said this and <laughs> and because you said this, you know, I have the right to do this and oh, I can't believe you you brought that up from 10 years ago well you know you didn't understand what i meant then and so i'm going to explain that now from 10 years ago and by the way husbands this is not something that <laughs> you can win against your wives at with bringing up past events because most likely your wife has a better memory of past things that you've done <laughs> than you do of <laughs> things she's done so, but the point is, don't weaponize past events. Don't make your spouse wallow in the mire of things that were hurtful. And maybe your spouse did something or said something that he or she regrets or something like that. And don't make them relive the past. The Apostle Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. That's the way we should view marriage. We're always striving together to move forward, not bringing up the past to hurt each other, not weaponizing past events. Because past events can be some of the most hurtful things to your spouse. I think kind of going along with some of our sports analogies that we're not making our spouse an opponent, but when you're bringing up past events and weaponizing those even, it's kind of like keeping score of, okay, well, he said this to me and I'm not going to address it now, but if something happens again, then I'm going to bring it up. Well, if it wasn't really meant to be brought up before or you didn't bring it up before, you need to move on and not keep having this long score card of wrongs and negative things that have gone on. I think that it's almost like you're building up a case against your spouse. Yes. And again, that's not the way to approach conflict or something that maybe does need to be addressed. And I think that it's important to to talk with your spouse about like early in your marriage about having agreements for, okay, when a conflict comes up, these are kind of the rules for handling it. We're going to agree to not bring up past things. We're going to agree to not cut each other down. And just having that in place kind of helps you be on the same page. And then you can say, oh, wait, that was in the past. Remember, we agreed that we're not going to bring up past situations. And yes. I just think that kind of helps you have some sort of boundary put in place there to keep you focused on how can we work on this together and grow from this. 
definitely sweetheart and it's like bringing up past events especially if you repeat them past faults it's like telling your spouse you know you're just a miserable failure and you will and you can never overcome this you know all you can do is fail you know that seems to be what bringing up a past fault would do is just to focus on like the incompetency or failure rather than the positive of how you resolved things together Sorry, this is <laughs> dragging this point on a little bit. Um, I just thought of something from a mental health conference that we just listened to. And he was saying that with a lot of the brain studies that they do, it's really interesting how they can see different parts of your brain light up and have areas of higher activity versus other areas. It's really interesting. But anyways, he was saying that your brain responds quickly and it's more reactive to mm. negative comments compared to positive comments so for one positive comment and you get a negative comment the negative comment will actually bring you down a little bit further Mm. so it's not an equal positive to negative type of response that your brain will react to I just thought that was so interesting because I think for me that just helps me think of okay how do I respond as a parent to my kids how do I respond as a spouse to my husband you can't have this Oh, I said one negative thing. Let me hurry and say something positive and that will Oh yes. Even the playing ground again. <laughs> Scales are not even there. <laughs> yes. And just having those different pictures in your head as you're communicating with your loved ones can kind of help you think through what you're gonna say. And one more thing that I find a little bit helpful for me is that I always think of okay, when I'm speaking and Of course, I don't do this well all the time, and I wish I could do it better, but I always try and think of my husband's heart or my kid's heart Mm -hmm. out in front of them. So when I'm talking to them, I'm picturing their heart there, and I want to protect their heart. I want to guide their heart. I want to make sure what I'm saying to them is not going to be piercing their heart or wounding it. And of course, again, I'm not perfect at this, but just for some reason, having that visual there can help me a lot of times refrain from what I want to say and know that, wait, I don't want to say it like that. That's going to be very harmful. So just a little tidbit. Very good thoughts, sweetheart. And the image is, yeah, I'd say pretty powerful. One negative thing definitely is more powerful than a positive thing. It sticks around. So how much more important is it to remove past things? As far as the East is from the West, we should be like God in our dealings with our spouse as he is with us in our sins. Ding dong! Jehovah's Witnesses. Ding dong! Mormons. Christian, are you ready to defend the faith when false religions ring your doorbell? Do you know what your Muslim and Jewish friends believe? You will if you get Andrew Rappaport's book, What Do They Believe? When we witness to people, we need to present the truth, but it is very wise to know what they believe, and you will get Andrew Rappaport's book at whatdotheybelieve.com. And now, number three of what never to do in a conflict is never yell or make threats of violence, even if they're in jest. (laughs) Now, yeah, this seems like it's a pretty simple concept, but 
yeah, it, it, I think it's all too common in couples uh, to uh, yell at each other. And even as uh, the first point, we had Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer, soft not only in words, but in tone. And so, yes, you can voice your disagreements uh, as long as you don't cut down or weaponize weaknesses, but uh, never voice your disagreements in a tone of anger, because that is a surefire way to put fire in the conflict. <laughs> and I kind of wonder, babe, if under this point, too, it would be fitting to talk about not yelling or making threats of violence. But I know quite a few young couples that have struggled with just even acting out anger. Mm. So not necessarily violence towards their partner. But for example, I know a young couple that when they got into a huge argument, the wife actually took the basket of laundry and threw it off the Mm. balcony apartment all over the parking (laughs) lot out of defiance towards her husband. Mm. And, you know, I've heard of different things like that where people will not take their anger out necessarily violently towards our spouse but they still are acting violently and like throwing something or slamming something Mm. i just think that the threat of violence kind of entails all of that so not like slamming your fists on the table or slamming doors stomping if you're practicing that at what point could that barrier cross where it is an actual person that you're hitting or throwing things at Mm. so i think that just having that maturity about you to have that restraint and be like okay wait I'm not going to be that angry where I have to actually physically throw something or physically hit something even though you might think it's okay because it's not my spouse but you're still practicing that act of anger and taking out on something yeah so like a thought about this type of situation here. So if one spouse expresses anger in tone, yelling or threats of violence, and then the other one responds fearfully and just kind of buckles down, then what has just happened? Has the conflict been resolved? No, one person just shot the conflict down and ended it without resolving it. It just ends it with fear and <laughs> disillusion and so on. So that's not the way to resolve the conflict. Now, another situation where both spouses are yelling at each other. Does that sound like it's going to resolve the conflict? (laughs) So in any case, anger, whether from one or both, is not going to resolve. And I want to emphasize the word resolve. Merely putting an abrupt end to a conflict doesn't resolve it. It might seem like one side has claimed victory by silencing the other one, but that's not resolution there. (laughs) That's intimidation. And that definitely doesn't seem like the way a marriage should function when it comes to disagreements. And now, finally, uh, number four, what never to do in a conflict is never to force ultimatums. So that might accompany number three about (laughs) yelling and making threats of violence or so on, because normally people are not civil and calm when they talk about things like 
threats of divorce or <laughs> but the idea here is either one or both are trying to intimidate the other one into ending the conflict by forcing a, an undesirable deal if you will <laughs> don't use fear to pressure your spouse into crying uncle don't say like you have to do this and then I'll do this or threaten like if you don't stop whatever or if you don't do things my way here I'm going to do X and X is a really horrible thing that you know scares your spouse into submission so remove the word divorce from your vocabulary if you're committed to a healthy marriage you don't just throw around the word divorce even like a joke you know your spouse needs to know that you don't have that on your mind in your marriage now of course we'll have an episode later on when we talk about what are the situations that justify divorce but it's not a disagreement here <laughs> you don't threaten your spouse by saying you know you're getting us closer to divorce you know why don't I just divorce you or something that hints at uh oh he's threatening to leave or divorce if I don't cave into the pressure and do things his way or her way don't force ultimatums that might bring an abrupt end to the conflict but it didn't resolve it i had a couple of verses that kind of go with point three and four okay. um so proverbs fourteen seventeen it says he that is soon angry dealeth foolishly and a man of wicked devices is hated so I just think that's interesting that when you're acting out of anger, you actually act foolishly. and mm, you, Like ultimatums. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you say things that you shouldn't or you don't really have that thought process behind what you're saying. And then Proverbs twenty one nineteen, which is a little bit humorous too. <laughs> um, it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. So, <laughs> or a man, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so an angry person is not fun or peaceful to actually even live with. So just kind of thinking about your response, like if you're going to be an angry person, then you're not going to be fun to live with. And oh, yes. I just think that, I mean, these verses should be always in the forefront of our minds when we're interacting with our spouse to think about, okay, these have long-term consequences and we want the best for our marriage. We want the best for our spouse. We want the best for our children. And these verses tell us how we can do that. Mm, yes, we are. The home should be a place where you feel security. If you're a spouse, you shouldn't feel safer and more at peace when you're away from your spouse, away out of the home there. And you should be able to come home and not feel like, oh, no, now I have to be around that angry person again. Yes. Uh, so never force ultimatums. And for this, I have Romans thirteen eight. Owe no man anything but to love one another, 
For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. So when it comes to marriage, and if the goal is love, if you love each other, you're not going to force your spouse to owe you something. And that's what an ultimatum does is to say, okay, you know, you have to keep earning this marriage by doing what I say. You know, here's the deal. Do this thing that I know is very difficult for you and humiliating for you and like I have the victory you lose and you gotta sweep the floor for me and stuff you know (laughs) if you love your spouse keep this verse to heart owe no man anything but to love one another so don't make your spouse owe you anything and when it comes to conflicts uh, (laughs) no ultimatums no owing anything, and that'll be one step closer to resolving the conflict with each other. And so that was for what never to do's when it comes to conflicts in marriage. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of Truth Spresso, and stay tuned for the next episode of Truth Spresso when we continue this topic of conflict resolution and actually talk about tips to resolve conflicts in marriage. Do you like what you're hearing at Truth Espresso? Well, my wife and I encourage you to donate a little shot of support just to let us know that you want us to continue delivering these episodes and keep Truth Espresso going and reach a greater audience. Well, how do you donate to Truth Espresso? Well, just go to truthespresso.com forward slash donate and that will take you to a nice page where you You can give us a little something, a little shot of support. It'll take you one quick minute and every little bit helps. There is no donation too small to be an encouragement to us. And now stay tuned for the next episode and God bless. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso. 